all I got is home is where the heart is. Welcome to After the Hype. I'm your host, always Brian Dressel. <laughs> it's like the most lackluster opening ever. House With is me. where the heart is. House is where the heart was before it was digested. Welcome to After the Hype again. I like that one slightly better. I'm your host, always Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Jonathan Artisty. Yep. And Joey Darso. Bananas. <laughs> Don't take my quote. <laughs> The quote is definitely not bananas, 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 bananas. <laughs> oh boy. Today we are talking in our, I can count, fourth week of Halloween movies. Yes, fourth because the fifth week magically Halloween ends on a Thursday. Tune in next week, yada, yada, yada. We'll get there eventually. Fourth oh, yes. week of Halloween movies where this time Chewie picked again because I said anyone from the ATH network could pick a movie and she was the first to reply. So. I was. So you picked House. House from, from 1977 Japan. Woof. And this is <laughs> a movie. Um, have you not seen this movie? I'm going to strongly do uh, strongly encourage you to do what uh, what every podcast host should not do. Stop listening. Stop now and go watch it. Cuz we're going to ruin everything and if you can go in as blind as I did, you'll be giving yourself a treat. It is bonkers. It is yeah. it is fuck it's bananas. It is <laughs> It is, it is a whole pile <laughs> yep. of bananas that used to be a man. Like, it is as bananas <laughs> as bananas could be. Um, it always and, makes me want to eat noodles real bad when they're all eating the noodles. And there's that bear in the noodle shop. Why wouldn't there be a bear in the noodle shop? Right. My God. <laughs> uh, so if that's not enough to pique your interest, if you haven't seen this movie and you're going to stop listening now and go go watch it and come back, I, I don't fact, know what else I can you know, You don't it. even have to stop it. You can just hit pause. Most players have a pause button. That way, we're still with you. While oh, you're yeah. watching this and experiencing we'll, we'll, this. We'll be there in spirit. Just just along for the ride. <laughs> what a ride it is. But we'll get there eventually. Because first, we have to do a Where Have You Been Doing? And uh, I'll go first. And if you uh, if you also listen to our show, Venture Bros, which I, of course, encourage you to do so, you have heard me already talk about this. Uh, I have been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which uh, famously co-host of Venture Brothers, or Venture Bros, <laughs> Venture Bros podcast, Nick uh, helped record the dialogue for her. And whenever I would talk to him about it, he's like, yeah, you know, it's good. You know, if you like this sort of thing, it's good. You know, play it if you want. <laughs> and he and undersold undersold the fuck out of it. The game is just, it's perfect. Like, for exactly what this game wants to be, perfect's a strong word probably, but it's fantastic. Uh, I enjoy <laughs> the hell like out games, of it. games, you might like this, maybe. It's like, yeah, okay. Th- th- that's the, <laughs> the Nick Friedman pitch. And I'll tell you, if you have, if you like RPGs at all, and if you've ever enjoyed an Assassin's Creed game, this thing like just marries the two perfectly. Like All the ideas that were there in Origins are fleshed out and uh, perfected in this game. And it, it's just, it, it's a blast. And I cannot, cannot recommend it highly enough. Uh, and instead of rambling on and on and on, I'll just stop myself there and just say, huge recommendation. He loves the game. Yeah, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Vouch for that. Whew. All right. It, it fucks cool. with my sleep. I'd rather stay up and play it. Like, it's it's a problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. Great, great, great. You guys, right. you, you and Nick need to do a pitch show together where he under-pitches it and you over-pitch it. Call it over-under. Yeah, that that would be... Uh, I'm not sure what that would be, but I would definitely be into it. <laughs> uh, John, what about you? Where have you been doing? Uh, I meant to mention this a while ago, but I just forgot because of all busyness and all that sort of thing. But I watched both seasons of Fleabag on Amazon. And I really I really enjoyed it. It was not what I was expecting at all. I have no idea what Fleabag is. I've heard the name. I've but had people recommend it. But I don't know anything. It's a, a British show. This lady goes about her day with her dysfunctional family. She runs a cafe... But it's, she's able to engage with the audience, so she looks at the camera and comments on it and breaks the fourth wall a lot. And it's very interesting and very well done and has a very fun writing style. The voice is really strong. And I watched through it really fast. I wasn't expecting to get through the show as quickly as I did. But it was really good. And... Uh, Everyone talks about, on that show, the Hot Priest, which is the guy who played Moriarty in the Sherlock series from Stephen Moffat. And, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's attractive. Yeah, is he? He's, also, he's got that 
kind of menacing doe-eyed look. Okay, I could see that, I guess. Yeah, that, that there, there's, there's that thing. It just makes you be like, oh, he's mysterious. When, when I saw who the actor was, I was like, oh, that guy. Okay, yeah, I get it. I get why people are freaking out about him. And, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. I really enjoyed it, and it's not a very long watch commitment, so. All right. Uh, Chewie, what about you? Well, uh, what am I going to talk about? <laughs> I'm slowly watching Blade Trinity. It's awful. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Woof! <laughs> How long like, is it taking you to watch this thing? Kid, can only do it in like fifteen minutes at a time. <laughs> this is not good, Ryan Reynolds. It's not good, Wesley Snipes. It is pre uh, lip injections, Jessica Biel, which is nice. Definitely pre Jessica Biel saying, "Well, I need to hear both sides of the story from anti-vaxxers, Jessica Biel." Uh... Um, but honestly, let's think about the trailer for Doolittle. Oh, God. <laughs> with oh, starring Iron Man. That trailer. Yeah. I don't know if everyone's seen it. No. I only have briefly heard things about how people did not have fun making it. But that trailer awful i know it's supposed to instill a certain amount of whimsy to me but i'm sitting there the whole time going what the frick is this movie about he, I, he can talk to the animals yeah yeah <laughs> but where is he going what is this adventure what he's gonna go find pie well he does see a lot a tiger that's the only a, thing i got hello lunch <laughs> And it just, just the part when they're being bombarded by, they're on a ship and they're being attacked with cannons and the gorilla is distraught and then Robert Downey, Iron Man, just kind of tilts his head to the side and says, it's okay to be scared or frightened or whatever the frick he says. Yeah. And I'm like, Everyone's scared. You're being attacked. This is not a time to... This is the perfect time to panic. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I don't... It just looks confusing. Like, the part of me wants to see it more because of how confusing it looks. It looks like a hot mess. Yeah, and then I, I love the last part of the trailer. Like, the very end of the trailer, I think, is just beautiful. When it just goes, coming in january (laughs) oh so even you know it's bad cool cut it (laughs) but it looks like they spent so much money on it well i mean maybe they spent a lot of the money on those bits that you saw in the trailer and the rest is just (laughs) pixelated and i'm also curious as to when the one animal says all right everybody pack your bags we're going on a trip and all the other animals clap their hands i'm like what bags do you have (laughs) Oh, it's sort of like the meats back on the menu, boys, uh, for for Lord of the Rings. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's a good one, though. I, but I was yeah. like, you're animals. You don't wear clothes. What do you need to pack? Food? <laughs> Just food? Yeah. It, it looks terrible. and uh, You don't I, need toiletries? It, it looks terrible. It looks so bad. Hey, let's talk about house. <laughs> Another thing. Great with, segue. Uh, <laughs> crazy moments. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the best segue I'm going to possibly get. And you know what? For this movie, it works. Because, hey, let's do this now. And okay. now this. And this, <laughs> and this. And let's talk about the hottest guy in all the world, Mr. Togo. Yes. Yeah. The hottest dude. He was a hippie. So manly, just dripping with manliness. He was a hippie. The dude's a frumpy looking <laughs> ugly dude. He's a professor. He's a hippie. He's ugly. He's an ugly pile of bananas. <laughs> <laughs> there, I've got all my complaints of the movie fine. really out of the way. Ugly pile of bananas. But one of the things... Well, that... before we go way too into it, we do need to do a breakdown. <laughs> before we get way too into it, we've like jumped all across the timeline there. Well, I could tell that Chu was about to jump into a point, and I wanted to stop that before we got you know way out of hand and start talking about pianos eating people and paintings of cat throwing up so much blood that an entire house fills up like a pool... I figure Chewie, since she picked the movie, would love to tell us a quick breakdown of what happens in the movie. 
All right. Well, we start the movie with two girls, fantasy and gorgeous, and they are best friends. Friends together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantasy's going to go to this uh, like training camp with the rest of their friends, but that gets canceled. Uh, and Gorgeous was supposed to do something with her dad, but it turns out his her dad's shacking up with this new lady, and she's mad about it. Even though her mom's been dead for nine years, so I think her dad has been patient. Really, he deserves, you know, some love. Doesn't everyone deserve to be happy? And he's essentially fallen in love with just a floating nymph woman who is followed by a fan forever. <laughs> she's forever yeah. blowing in the wind. Uh, and she's to, just a scarf in the wind. Yeah. yeah, and to be angsty and rebel against her dad, she decides to take all of her friends to visit her aunt. You know, super rebellious. Yeah. Uh, I'll show you. I'll go visit family. <laughs> the best possible rebellion ever. Uh, so they all go. They hop on a train. Uh, you learn some backstory about her aunt. It turns out her aunt really wanted to get married to this one dude that looks like he died in a kamikaze plane in World War II, and she's super bummed about it. Uh, so then they get there. They see her aunt. She's in a wheelchair, and she's kind of creepy. And then they get in the house, and the house is kind of creepy. And uh, they make dinner, they take some baths, and then one of the girls disappears. And then turns out she's dead. Uh, Poor little fantasy is the only one that really has an idea of what's going on. No one really takes her seriously at first. She she, almost makes it. She almost makes it. Uh, And then the house uh, starts eating people. It turns out that the aunt died a long time ago and is now haunting as a angry spirit who can only wear her wedding gown after she's eaten unwed unmarried girls unwed younger girls so she just you know she starts eating the girls including her uh niece gorgeous she Mm -hmm. kind of just takes over her body we'll we'll get to that one because that's my biggest question with the movie with the movie full of questions that's my biggest question (laughs) but we'll we'll get there um but yeah at the end they all die uh, and Mr. Togo, who is the professor who's kind of like in a relationship with fantasy, maybe, or it's just a fantasy for fantasy. He fantasy, was right? trying to get to the house, but then he turns into a pile of bananas. <laughs> <laughs> well, he couldn't find the house because he wasn't officially invited to the house. So the house would never show up to him is what the watermelon dude was saying. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You were never invited, so you can't go. Hmm. Because there's that whole Sorry. shot where Do you the, like uh, the floaty woman <laughs> is walking towards the house, and you can see the camera turn, like turn it in the background on, behind the mat. I don't. Is that inviting thing a real thing? Because neither was the girlfriend. She I guess that's gets true. there at the end. But I don't know. But I remember hearing that line. So maybe mm-hmm. I, I've only. Seen, if, I mean, if you haven't been listening to our Halloween month so far, uh, I've never seen anything from this movie beyond the box art. Um, I didn't know anything else beyond that. I, oh, yeah, there's a cat in the movie. I oh, yeah, there's an evil cat. fucking weird-ass cat in the movie that can flash green eyes and then you die. Um, yeah, most bro- of the time. Or it just breaks your camera. Or it breaks your camera. Oh, man. So, where to start with House? You know, I'll, I'll start... Well, we start with the group of girls. Yeah, I was going to say, like, either start with the group of girls or start with what the, like, the overarching thing of why people love the movie and like what it had to say. Uh, but let, let's start with the girls, because that's really the easiest place to start. Um, I, I think the there's a bunch of girls in the movie, and then there's very few that are actually somewhat like memorable. Like there's Mac because she's the first one who dies. Who's she, like who's supposed to be fat? Yeah, she just looks healthy. Yeah, she even <laughs> says I'm just healthy, and they're like ha, 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 fatso, and it's like no, she just looks healthy. Shut up. I would love to be as fat as she is if I just kept eating all the time. Right? <laughs> well, great. If all you're eating all the time is watermelon, you're really not overeating too bad. No. Um. So there's Mac, and then obviously Fantasy and Gorgeous because they are the two open the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kung Fu, and that's really like the end of like. <laughs> and then the, there's Sweet and Melody. Yeah, Sweet and Melody and Prof. Like they're all there, but like the other ones just kind of like some of them feel like red shirts, some of them feel like characters. 
oh, right, sweet, exactly. and Melody are total red shirts. Exactly, yeah. Like, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, like Melody's I there to play Melody even wears like a red dress, mind. too. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I honestly don't remember. Um, cards on the table. I, I did not particularly love this movie when I watched it. It is a movie that I watch and go, if I was in a different mood, I bet I'd love the hell out of it. But right now, I just kind of want to stop it. <laughs> I, just, I just want it to stop. <laughs> just stop assaulting me, movie. Because it really well, does just assault you the whole way through. One of, one of the reasons that this movie is an assault, and I think is one of the reasons why I enjoy it, is it it does a thing that is a thing for me that I, I guess is when a director or a screenwriter co-writes this by talking to a child. Oh yeah, that, that's what I was going to talk about later with the whole like what does it all mean? Okay. Um, but no, I think you're right. But back to the girls. Uh, so the, the red shirts that I don't really need to focus a lot of time on, but then we'll kind of like work our way through the other ones. Uh, starting, of course, I think with Kung Fu. Uh, I really liked Kung Fu. I thought she was kind of a ridiculously fun character. She's, she's probably, very assertive. Yeah, she's probably my favorite person in the movie just because she is so assertive. She's kind of crazy. She's uh, She just knocks down doors by like leaping kicks all the time. She, like, has, yeah, just, the, she has the best like soundtrack fanfare and her oh, action yeah. bits are the, the, the funniest and the most fun. <laughs> I honestly, the funniest bit to me in the entire movie is when Mr. Togo gets a bucket stuck on his ass and he scoots around, around, like in and out of oh, traffic. No, it's stuck. It's stuck. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck is happening? Um, but otherwise, yes, I agree. Kung Fu probably has the funniest bits, and I just like the, the door's locked. Hi-ya! And she breaks down the door. And it's like this is just great. The musical stinger that she gets is just my absolute favorite in that movie, and every time it pops in, I. It was just great. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the music throughout is pretty fantastic. I'm not a big fan of like, the main theme. Not because it was creepy, just because it didn't really grab me. And whenever it started up again, I'm like, meh. But the rest of it I really liked. Um, but what, as what Chewie was saying, like all the girls are very much caricatures of their nicknames. Yeah. Like, and it feels like it, one of those chicken and egg situations. Like, were you into Kung Fu before you are called Kung Fu? Or are you into Kung Fu because you're called Kung Fu? I assume mm. she was into Kung Fu first because they called Mac Mac because of her stomach. Which does make sense to me. There might be a language thing there. There probably. Um But yeah, like I, I kinda I like the nicknames, but they're all just kinda like you know exactly who they are on their right. name alone. Yeah. With the exception of Gorgeous and Fantasy, in my opinion. Well, Gorgeous is all about like her appearance. She's always putting on makeup. Fantasy just has fantasies. Like she has a fantasy about Togo coming on a horse to save her. Oh, I guess that's true. No, and, that's... and Sweet is so sweet she's willing to clean the whole house by herself. And Melody wants to play the piano. And Prof is always talking about reason and well, reading she's a got book. Her and science. And she can't see <laughs> All those anything glasses. without glasses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, Max always mm. eating because she's fat or whatever oh, but we don't see her eat that much because she dies so quick although yeah. she does try to eat fantasy's ass she does and then she says it's tasty yep there is no character named tasty that is well true i mean maybe <laughs> maybe there was in the prequel to this and they just didn't make it because they were so tasty yeah. how's the prequel just building foundation <laughs> foundation <laughs> um we talked about all of them right yeah we might have missed one no no, that's all of them. Kung Fu, Melody, Sweet, Prof, Fantasy, Gorgeous. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Six girls. Yeah. And but then, the the one thing that I will say about all of them that I, I really do enjoy is that even with their like they're very obviously caricatures, they're very like they're, none of them are trying too hard to be like three dimensional characters. Like they're not that's not even like a thing they were going for. Um but even with that in mind, I buy their friendship. Yeah, yeah like it, the movie it never really, rings false. I feel the like movie they really sets up the their Ninja friendship Turtles. early, and for a while actually, we get a lot of time with them in the beginning before shit gets weird. Yeah, Brian even asked, "This is a horror movie, right?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm like it'll get there. <laughs> well, it's, it's so slapsticky in the beginning, and like well throughout, but it it takes a while to get to the house. So so long and so that I'm like that. This does, like, I'm not expecting it to scare me by any stretch, but it is horror, right? <laughs> and we get there, and oh, yeah, it is horror. It is definitely horror. House eats people. Rather violently in some cases. Specifically, poor Melody. Oh, she got eaten. Yeah. 
She didn't really get eaten so much as just kind of like chopped up. Yeah. yeah, she was eviscerated by a piano. And yeah. then all her body parts were just chucked around the room. And yeah. Except for the fingers, which just kept playing the piano. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's pretty talented. Yeah, good when, for her. When I read uh, the brief thing that I read about the production of this film, the reason that the piano eats Melody is because it was one of uh, the da- the writer-director's daughter's fears was getting her fingers stuck between the keys of a piano when she was being taught how to play. The writer's daughter's an idiot. Well, that's not nice. <laughs> She probably had really tiny fingers. Wow. How tiny. But that was the whole point. The kids have irrational fears. So a lot of irrational things happen in this movie. No. Like when... A man turns into a pile of bananas unmotivated at all. I mean, that makes sense. (laughs) He runs away from the watermelon man going, bananas, 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 bananas. I don't want to take my quote again. I'm sure it's a cultural... Thing. I'm sure, yeah. Or a reference. I mean, there is a lot of that in this. Like, this is very much a very Japanese film. So, oh, like, yeah. there are a lot of things that will tend to go over a lot of Americans' audi- Americans' yeah. heads. But it also has been around since the 70s. So, I'm sure people figured this thing out time and time again. But I mean, to- it's in the Criterion Collection. John, exactly. John owned it. He didn't. He oh, yes. <laughs> oh, no, I still own it. I, I definitely I definitely kept it. <laughs> have you, owns it. Have you opened it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Open it to watch it. Did Jandy watch it with you? Uh, for a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. She didn't stay. Well, you know, we got bedtimes, and some of us are more tired than others. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, if we're thinking about the ones who might have made it, and if it's like before we move on to other things, if Kung Fu was one who might have made it because she was the badass, also kind of makes sense. That the house kind of has to kill her because she's really the only challenge for the house. Um. Was it the house or is it the ant? I really can't tell. It's both. Okay. Her spirit, she's a poltergeist, essentially. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. I'd rather start with Gorgeous because fantasy, I think, is a more well-rounded character. Eh, they're about the same. Um, but Gorgeous, I just had to get out of my head. I, I don't understand when she died. She died when the mirror essentially consumed her soul. So she didn't really, like... Like, compared to the other girls who all, like, you legitimately see die, she didn't really die so much as she was just more absorbed into the house. Her her essence. Because you see, when she goes into the room, she starts looking at her aunt's stuff. She starts right. putting on her aunt's makeup. And then her reflection starts to switch between her and her aunt. And then you see her aunt laugh at her and then her face falls apart into flames and then her entire body becomes encased by flames. So I take that as her aunt is taking over her body and her soul is going into hell. Okay. I'll go along for that. It just, it was one of those ones where it's like the most like, um, I want to say ethereal, but like a, like just kind of like heady kill of just, yeah. Is this a kill or is it more of just kind of an, I don't know. It's a consuming. Sure. Yeah. Like that one was just a little bit more tough to follow. Yeah. Um, whereas like fantasies, you don't even really see fantasy die. Uh, fantasy just kind of gives up. Yeah. Uh, She's exhausted. Well, yeah, you can't blame her. She, she just had God again. If you haven't seen this movie, it's so hard to talk about everything without you just knowing what we're talking well, she about. She saw all of her friends die. She saw all of her friends die. She also saw an evil painting of the cat that could laugh at her, get kicked by Kung Fu that started throwing up blood everywhere. So much so that the house I've mentioned this earlier, house started filling up like a pool, like very deep. Um, the house then somehow strips her clothes off when she goes into the blood pool um that prof is the one that went into the blood pool that's right prof went into the blood pool so fantasy survived on like the the board thing and then when she finally sees gorgeous who is her aunt on the stairs she's like oh it's my friend aunt whatever i'm just gonna put my head in your lap fuck it all and that's kind of what happened to fantasy at least how i took it It it's just like whatever yeah she's being motherly i'll take it (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anything is better than what I just saw. So, (laughs) yeah, like I'll take creepy motherly who's taking her boobs out for some reason. Well, she pulled her shirt down. 
Fantasy did. Oh, Fantasy pulled her shirt down. I thought she pulled her shirt mm. down. I'm like, what are you doing? What is happening? <laughs> uh, okay, that makes so like when she's like trying to climb. Yeah, up, no, she, she just yeah. claws at it. That makes more. <laughs> she sense. She used it to hoist herself up. Yeah, that makes much more sense. I'm just like, what? Why are you doing this now? Like, I am so confused. Okay, thank you. Um, but yeah, so like that one just kind of made sense. Like, it's my friend. I'm smart enough to know that it's probably not my friend, but she's being nice. Fuck it. And there goes fantasy. But either way, like, I honestly thought for a moment, just a moment, she was going to make it. Because everyone else was gone. And they made the comment that they thought they had won when uh, Kung Fu punched the cat photo. For some reason. Yeah. How optimistic can you be? We won. The whole house is filling up with blood and we can't leave. But we did it. We're drowning. We did it. Uh, yeah, I didn't really think she would. Sur- I mean, I, I hoped she would survive just because it, give the girl a break, for God's sake. <laughs> but yeah, I figured she would be a victim of her of her name and die by the fantasy. Oh, uh, yeah, that works. Mm. But it was just kind of like one of those like, oh, well, fuck. Sorry, dude. Yeah, after Boy. all that, like, this house damn. is really good at eating unwed girls. Yeah, and I also kind of like the house is really good at it, but it also kind of seemed like, yep, just going about my business. Going to eat this one. Going to eat that one. <laughs> These are fighting back. Hey, stop that. Stop that. Stop fighting back. <laughs> the house just kind of gets really Dude, frustrated. I just freaking love the ant's victory dance when she's just happy and she's kind of going around and hopping around and she no. does a little dance with a skeleton. And then the oh, cat. Oh, yeah. Meow, 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 yeah. meow, 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 meow. Yeah. Oh, she hasn't eaten in a long time. Yeah, she's like, having this a, is great. She's having a great time. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the ant. I, I feel like we need to mention her a little bit before we start moving on to other stuff. Uh, the ant creeped the fuck out of me. It's really the only thing in the movie that actually kind of gives me the... Uh, yeah. And it was all down to one scene, which I totally saw it coming. I knew she was going to break the fourth wall. The second she enters the frame, she's going to look right at us. I know she's going to look right at us. Oh, right. And she Up just kind of looking mean? at the girl. Yeah, she's uh, so the all the girls are in the kitchen, and the aunt walks into the refrigerator, as one does, uh, and then finds herself on the second floor, as one does. Uh, and then she's just kind of creepily looking at her head, just pokes in the frame, facing away from camera. And I'm just sitting there going, she's going to look right at us. I know it's coming. And she just slowly turns and looks dead in the camera. And smiles. And smiles. And for some reason, the hairs on my neck just stood up. I'm like, oh, I don't like it. Oh, I don't know why, but I don't moment. like it. It's a such great moment. Such a great moment. Ugh. It's Especially, a great moment of these girls are screwed. Yeah, they, they have no idea how fucked they are. And it's just like, as much as like, I, I, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm liking the movie, as I kind of figured I would. Like I said, as I'm watching, like if I was in a different mood, I bet I'd love this movie. And I just did not want to watch it last night for whatever fucking reason. Um, well, and see, for me, it was like the opposite of your s- scenario. I wasn't really wanting to watch the movie. I wasn't really in a mood to watch movies. And this just turned me around almost immediately. <laughs> I was like, this is great. And then that I scene imagine- happens where she backtracks into the refrigerator and then looks at us i was taken what the fuck just that she just went into the refrigerator no she did fantasy Fantasy, you're out of your mind there's also the scene where the aunt um opens her mouth a little bit to show the eyeball for mac i think oh yeah after she ate mac yeah and then that that chewing noise and why is no one else seeing this dude she's got an eye in her mouth Um, but what I was going to say really quick was that I watch more horror movies than a lot of people that I know. I can't say more than a lot, like most, because, you know, I have a kid. I don't have that much time. Mm. Um, but to have a moment in any horror movie that legitimately makes you go, Ugh, it's just like round of applause. Well done. <laughs> well done, movie from the 70s. You don't need my praise at all. But still. 1977, it was a good year for movies. Yeah. I think it's worth mentioning, especially when it comes to the ant, I think it's worth mentioning just the way this movie is able to bounce between tone so playfully i think that's another key thing that won me over in this just the scenes like with the aunt that really like made you shudder and go ugh. but then the that soundtrack that keeps hitting the sentimental music the soft focus and the slapstick i don't know like no. it really it really shined when the aunt showed up for me oh oh yeah the, the aunt kind of kind of steals the whole movie in my opinion. I freaking love her look. Yeah. With the green dress, the mm-hmm. white bob, those sunglasses. It's just... Yeah, she, she kind of steals the whole thing. I would love to cosplay as her, but I would look... I would not look right. 
I'm not sure there's a lot of people who can pull off her look, but she she looked great. Um, but moving kind of like taking a step out of the movie itself for a moment and kind of talking about like what the movie was not necessarily trying to say, but kind of what it was saying. Um, it, it came out in the 70s, which is roughly what was it 33 years after the bombs were dropped yeah yeah 33 years so that's enough of like a generation that's an entire generation of people who had to grow up never having really ever experienced war at least to that magnitude uh which hopefully we never will again um but there was something kind of interesting about this movie that had a character that had lost somebody to that war and then had a whole bunch of other kids who just like oh yeah there's a war or something a long time ago and it's like it's not that long and having that, those two different personalities in this one movie, and then knowing like from behind the scenes that it was written from two different people who both had those same different things, it really kind of it it shaped the movie into something a lot more than just this goofy slapstick horror movie into something that like, oh, there's some legitimate teeth in here, and it doesn't really, it never goes too far with it, it never really shoves anything super messagey down your throat, but it does remind me. Like, as well as anything could, like, oh yeah, Toho made this movie. The same people who did Godzilla. It's like, yeah, when these guys want to do a message, they know how. Yeah. Oh yeah, hey, I saw this... that in the beginning when Toho showed up and I was like, oh, they did this? Oh, I see. And then I was kind of on alert for these those elements that you're mentioning. I was like, oh yeah, okay, the generational thing, the message cleverly hidden in there. Well, I th- and the message from what I understood it was very much like, the generational divide. Like you yeah. have the older generation who's just kind of mad. <clears throat> and then the younger generation, this is like, Oh my God, it's all wonderful in the future. And we're so cute and loving and everything's great. And just essentially it's just like the older generation literally eating the young to stay alive. Yeah. And it, I mean, that's very apt for now, but it was <laughs> it just kind of seems to be a classic trope of life. And it was just super amplified with the anger and resentment after World War II in this film. Yeah. And I think it, it it's one of those things where if you don't know any of that going in, like you, you didn't know the story of how it was written, you didn't know who made it, anything like that. You still have a very good, one of the best slapstick, crazy banana balls horror movie. But knowing that and having that extra like layer to it makes it that much more special. And that's why I think like people have stuck with it for so long. Because you go back to the 70s, especially Japanese horror, Korean horror, like any of those sort of like movies, there's thousands of them that are just crazy and whatever. But they don't all have something important to say. Yeah. And especially because the end is great with... Uh... Banana Man? Well, no, the very, very end. <laughs> when the girlfriend, because I don't remember what her name was at all the scarf woman uh is goes to she wants to explain things to gorgeous to get her to be okay oh right her being the new mom and she doesn't know that gorgeous is gone and that she has been consumed by her aunt so then you see them with each other and she's still the aunt is still a younger generation and she's just flowy and wistful and hopeful and be like, it's going to be all okay. And you can just see that's like a liberal thing. Yeah. <laughs> and this freaking gorgeous is going to eat her. She's going to oh, be like, yeah. oh, it's not going to be okay. You have no idea how not okay it's about to be. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting, just based off of what we were saying, how the girlfriend coming and showing up at the place and basically burning away, kind of symbolizing that whole generational gap and the war from the past. It was just, it was very cool that they chose to end it that way, serving yep. into their message. It's like, it's like the older generation is saying, I'm angry, I'm going to burn it all to the ground. Yep. It's climate change. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's much better than the joke I was going to make. I'm very glad you got there before me because I'd be very upset with myself right now. <laughs> um, all right, so let's... Uh, I think we've kind of covered pretty much everything that we can, at least as far as diving into a movie goes. And with well, a... I would just like to say that the design of this movie is top notch. You're so good at jumping into what exactly I was going to lead into. Oh. I was going to say, we've covered as much as we can. Let's talk about our favorite things in the movie. Just things that we enjoy. Okay, sorry. So, no, no, I, I, 
I love that we're always in the same wavelength. It actually cracks me up. Uh, so <laughs> how, yeah, so how adorable. Yeah. So let's talk. Uh, so tell us about the design. It's so bonkers, like how everyone always talked up Suspiria to me. Right. Uh, if I had to choose a movie that I liked the design more of, I would choose this one. Because I just love the imagery. I love the rooms. I like the use of flowers, like gigantic flower wallpaper. And then a different room where it's all like dead flowers covered in a white layer of dust. And when you go to Gorgeous's house, all you see is a patio that's super obviously <laughs> on a soundstage. And this is totally romantic backdrop of a sunset on a super romantic porch and it's a huge ass fan oh my god it's <laughs> and gorgeous they, and they shoot it. we're gorgeous yeah, yeah. and they also and, shoot it like in front of that glass window pane thing yeah so then it like sparkles as you're going panning yeah. back and forth and yeah, so cool and just and the sky replacement that is totally unnecessary but it gives it this weird surrealistic feel throughout the entire film like when they stop at the bus stop or the train stop and there's a fake sky in front of the real sky yeah. and they're the same sky. <laughs> the same sky. Uh, and just the, <laughs> It's one of those things where like I, I'm not Japanese. I've never been to China. I didn't do very much Japanese You've research. You've been to China? Or, sorry, Japan. <laughs> I've never been to Japan. I'm not anyone who would ever say that I am well-versed in Japanese culture. So there's all these things in this movie that I don't get. <laughs> I don't get the symbolism of watermelons. I don't get why there's a bear in the noodle shop. I don't I don't really get why the guy turns into bananas, but I'm sure there was a reason. <laughs> and why is she eating and also bringing life to a goldfish? Like there are all these very specific things that I feel like meant something. Yeah. And even though I don't understand it, I adore it. The thing that I, I if you're done, I don't mean to step on you. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> now uh, that you're finally done, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always feel like I, I, I like to move on, but I don't want to interrupt. Um, so the thing that, that I would have talked about, just, just something that I just loved in the movie, uh, even when I'm just like, man, I don't want to watch this thing right now. Um, just being a grumpy bitch. I, I love the violence. And, like, there's something about, like, whenever I sit down for a horror movie, pretty much any and all horror movies, you expect some level of violence. Yeah. Um, it just kind of comes to the genre. Not always, <laughs> but most of the time. Um, and this one, especially Japanese horror in general, like, violence, you never know what the fuck you're going to get. Um, it can be anything. And this one, it really went for that, like, super over the top, so violent that it's not. And like, each death was different. Yeah, totally different. It wasn't like the like if you watch, say, the greatest horror franchise of all time, Friday the 13th, you know everyone's going to get bludgeoned to death pretty much with something. Either sharp object, dull object, tree. Something is going to smash and physically harm their body. Yeah. This one, you had no fucking clue. Like, at any like, time, you had no idea which way it was coming, but it's always going to be violent, and it's usually, with the exception of Melody, pretty quick. Yeah, and I mean, it's, Kung it's almost Fu like a ride. Died pretty intensely. Oh, she, she did. Yeah. She died fighting. Yeah. Well, she even after she got dismembered, her legs still kept fighting. Legs just kept going. <laughs> but like, but, okay, so Melody and Kung Fu kind of get really torn up. But everybody else, like, they, when they finally do kick the bucket, it's just like you're done. And I kind of appreciate that. I mean, even Sweet kind of well. Sweet got uh, Kind of got bludgeoned to death. Yeah, she got mattressed to, yeah. mattressed to death. <laughs> Which is apparently another fear of that guy's daughter. was Getting crushed by mattresses? Yeah. The guy's daughter's an idiot. <laughs> she was like nine. Well, now now let's unpack that because a lot of mattresses, there's suffocation fear in there. I can I can get it. They're not going to come mean, flying at you. Okay, well, I, I mean, if a bed, if like, to be if like six mattresses were flying at you. I'm still afraid like a child. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yes, I get what you're saying. Yes, mattresses flying at you would be scary if it were to happen. It's not going to happen. You're fine. But also, the mattresses were like, uh, like making a like remove her clothes too. Like it, it, there was a lot of things in there that were like, okay, that would actually freak me out. Sure. 
the the honestly the the scariest thing beyond the mother's look is got to be that fucking cat. Yeah. The cat is creepy you as shit. Don't like cats. No, cats are horrible. Sorry, John. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying John's yeah, cats no, are I horrible. Saw... John's cats are actually pretty nice. I'll give him that. Yeah, no, they're nice until they you know until they're not. John's cats give uh, corn uh, unrealistic unrealistic expectations of other cats. <laughs> yes. Cat, 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 cat. <laughs> that cat's gonna bap you, and it's not to clod, honey. Yeah. Ooh, you're right. gonna feel it. I had to pull corn away from a cat at my friend's house in Minnesota. I'm like, that cat is ready to hurt you. <laughs> uh, yeah, there are some cats that will defend themselves. Push it down like you can with Dave. <laughs> now, here's the yeah. thing. Is that cat might scratch him. The cat in this movie would have destroyed him. He would have closed the door. Yeah, those green eyes would have glowed, and then like corn would have started flying away. Yeah, like a balloon or something, and turned yeah. into a balloon or something. Or all something balloons would have just magical. come and killed him and taken his clothes off for some reason. <laughs> Six mattresses. I'm sure there's some <laughs> thing about the sexualization of schoolgirls. Oh, in I'm there. sure, absolutely. Because that's been a problem in Japan for a long time, and will be for a long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so John, John, what about you? What was something that you really enjoyed about the movie? And then we'll move into quotes. I think for me, the biggest thing is just how up and down the movie is. And I'm talking in a very broad sense of just how one moment the movie's doing this soft focus, gentle music, wistful looks. And then suddenly it becomes this other thing, like stop motion slapstick animation as the guy's going down the hill, you know, sliding down the hill and being like, what, 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 what? And then the visual trickery that we've mentioned before with the having the backdrop be like a picture that they're in front of at the bus stop. And then you see the real backdrop, which is also kind of fake. And the levels of visual trickery, playfulness, I really enjoyed. And there's one at the very beginning of the movie where it's like a picture in a like it's a box frame. And the girl's bounce like moving around in there, and then she goes to the left a little bit, uh, screen left, and then the rest of the frame catches up. And it was such an interesting visual touch that th- like paid off throughout the rest of the movie for me. Like just the way the the film, the filmmaking, the literal filmmaking of it played with the audience as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah there's a lot of like legit like film editing and like post mastery in this thing. That's just incredible. Um, especially given the time, but even like now to do that stuff without just using computers would be a fucking nightmare. I have no idea how you make someone dissolve piece by piece on actual film. <sighs> that's my response. Ah, <sighs> the idea uh, that people had to color things in frame by frame melts my brain. Just thinking about it. Oh, well, even the oh, piano oh, having melody in t- like the top-down view of melody in the piano, with just the coloring in the red and having that wobble on the fr- like the film stock. It's just, it's such a very interesting thing to look at and yeah. observe in the context of the movie. I don't know, it's just so cool. <laughs> totally nuts. The sort, uh, the sort of thing people be like, just use a filter. Fix it in post. <laughs> um, let's move into quotes. Quote, 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 quotes. Mine is, as I've said many times throughout this thing, is when Mr. Togo confronts the watermelon man and then he asks you, like, watermelons, and he runs away saying, no, bananas, 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 bananas. Would not have been my quote if he did not then turn into a pile of bananas. Uh, <laughs> but I believe that's where I finally went, what the f- fuck <laughs> he made it through the pretty much the entire movie yeah going like this is weird what is happening i can't believe this is happening how is this still happening it wasn't until the man turned into a pile of bananas and i'm like i i'm i'm at a loss <laughs> totally at a loss um sure what about you what's your quote any cat can open a door only a witch cat can close it that's a good one i don't think that's an exact quote but that's pretty much that's pretty, pretty close, close it comes actually back several times and they're like, oh, that cat closed the door. You're going to die. Which cat? Which cat? Which cat? Which, which, which? <laughs> and John? Uh, the introduction to Kung Fu, where they're like, you're so good at it. And she just chops, like, hits the football or the ball that's being thrown at them away. And it was just such a quick moment. And then oh, we're just on to the next thing in this movie. I, I straight up laughed out loud. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a... Almost every kung fu moment is fantastic. I love kung fu. She's my favorite part of the movie. I wish I could but be she was as confident so, as kung fu. I think everyone wishes they'd be as confident as kung fu. It was just so she was so nonchalant about it. Like, I'm just gonna knock that away. Cool. I'm yep. Like you're great. You're you're the greatest character I've seen. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I was gonna say let's do a review system, but I really don't even know how to review this movie. <laughs> I, I've really like review system this week will be. Um, I think this movie is like a plum, a pile of plums. Sure. It's kind of sour, but also sweet. Great. John, how, how would you review this movie? That's really what I'm doing this time. I'm not even giving you any sort of fucking category because this movie doesn't follow any sort of fucking category. How would you review it? Just come up with something. What you got? Uh, Flaming cauliflower on a graham cracker. Okay. What? That's Flaming illus- cauliflower on a graham cracker. It's descriptive. It's very descriptive. Like this movie. Works. This movie is visually descriptive. And it's like something a vegan would try to tell me to <laughs> Did you try our flamed cauliflower uh, on a graham cracker? No. Yeah. You really haven't lived until you've had cauliflower. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah. Uh, I would describe this movie. I've got a few. I'm trying to think of the best one. I would describe this movie. As a hard-boiled egg in your carton of fresh eggs. No idea how it got there. (laughs) (laughs) How did you get boiled and no one else did? How the fuck is this thing hard-boiled in my fresh box of eggs? What happened? (laughs) That chicken had a flaming anus. It's a flaming hot chicken. You get hard-boiled eggs out of it. (laughs) Yeah. That, that, that's but also my, icy cold because you have to chill it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's, I'm not backing down. This is definitely my review. I like it. Um, so now on to our newest segment on After the Hype. Uh, would you recommend? Would you recommend it? Uh, I'm pretty sure I got the answer from just talking to you guys over the last two hours or hour or however long we've been talking. It's pretty obvious, pretty unanimous across the board. Of course I recommend it. Of course. Oh, yes. I did not enjoy watching it at all. Uh, I was pretty upset at the end of it. I had to watch something just to kind of like cleanse my palate because I was in such a bad mood after it. I can't wait to watch it again. I really look forward to it. I absolutely fucking recommend it. I wonder what <laughs> I'd pair it with. What would you pair it with? Yeah, like if I recommended this movie to a person, I feel like I would need to tell them to do a double feature. Doomsday. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do that movie. <laughs> I need to rewatch that movie. In the yeah. post Me Too era, how does that movie stand up? <laughs> Oi. Uh, John, you were saying you would recommend as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. And definitely not tell them anything about it. Yeah. That, that's really the only way you should go into this thing. Unless, also, of course, you want to give them the analogy of it, yeah, it's kind of like a hard boiled egg in your carton of fresh eggs. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I would, I would also recommend watching it with people, maybe in a theater setting if you can. I think if maybe we had watched it together, that would have been interesting. Like, I, I think this needs a, com- a communal watching experience as well. But if you can't, you know, get the DVD or the Criterion, but yeah, I yeah. recommend it with friends. Uh, let's move on to pluggity plug, plug plugs. I will try to do these as quick as we can. We've already been talking for a long time. I'm uh, tired. I am super tired. Uh, it's late out here in Burbank. So my plugs are going to be uh, pretty simplified these days because I, I feel like I only need to give one plug, and that is ATHpod.com. Be sure to go check out ATHpod.com. All of our shows are on there. All of our articles are on there. Uh, if you are into pop culture in any way, which way, form, whatever you got, we have something for you. I guarantee it. Uh, and it's always new, and it comes out every day, except for the weekends because we have lives. And and We have lives. It's not the weekends because we're usually recording the shit you listen to throughout the rest of the week. But still. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Work, life, hobby balance? What? Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, so, yes, I would highly recommend just going to ATHpod.com. Please check out everything we got. I, I know you'll love it. Um, and then, really quick, moving on, moving on into the rest of the year, for the most part, on ATH. We have episode 300 coming up. Uh, we Ooh. made it to episode 300. Woo. Can you guess what movie we will cover for episode 300? No. Would it be 
300? Oh, yeah. You fucking bet it will. Uh, never covered 300 in this show. I cannot think of a better time to cover 300. Mm. I am so excited to rewatch that movie full of a whole bunch of people of like, holy shit, you'll be famous later. Um, and then around yeah. 300, we have six more weeks until Star Wars. Episode 9 coming out. Uh, Rise of the Skywalker, and we figured it's about time to clean up all of those other Star Wars movies we haven't officially reviewed and after the hype. So six weeks of Star Wars movies, we are doing the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, and we've already done episodes on the rest of them that you can go back and listen to. Uh-huh. Um, and that's all the ATH plugs coming up. Be sure to look out for all of that. I'm very excited for all seven of those movies I just told you, because my God, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, John, what are you plugging? Other than Demon Days, which is on ATHpod.com, not much else. I mean, I'm living and breathing ATHpod.com, so <laughs> definitely recommend checking that, that site out. Uh, follow us on the socials as well. Yes, please. Uh, Sometimes we do stuff on yeah. that. <laughs> uh, Chewy? Plug? Yep. Uh, watch Superstore on NBC Thursday nights. At what time? I'm kidding. I know you don't know. <laughs> 7, 8 central? I honestly have no idea. I don't know. We don't have normal TV. We're millennials. <laughs> we just stream. We cut that cord fucking like 10 years I've ago. I only had cable for a year and a half when it was legally in my apartment in Chicago. You mean until Comcast came and changed it. <laughs> Comcast came and went, stop stealing our cable. And I went, but I liked it. <laughs> I was really into Meerkat Manor. Are you willing to pay for it? No. Well, then we're taking it. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. Meerkat Manor was a fun show. I, I loved Meerkat Manor. Never seen an episode. Oh, oh, it, was, call- it was the best form of reality TV. There mm-hmm. was drama. There was family dynamics. Meerkats died. Oh. There was a matriarch. The woman was in charge. I was oh, about to yeah. say, American Ninja Warrior has all those things, but it definitely doesn't have dying meerkats. <laughs> Man, uh, there's been so much college time just spent, instead of studying, watching either Meerkat Manor or anything on the Food Network. I never got into the Food Network. It's never done anything for me. As soon as I turned on I my was very hungry, hungry as a college student. <laughs> yeah. All right. I I'm we... in college. I can't afford that. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I'd just be mad. I'd just sit what's, there. A, what's a brisket? Oh, that looks really delicious. I'm going to my ramen. <laughs> Give myself diabetes. I'm gonna put a Thank glaze over the Not diabetes, ramen. scurvy. <laughs> Sorry, scurvy. That makes much more sense than diabetes. <laughs> There's I'm... not enough sugar in it to give me. Well, not with that attitude. <laughs> I think we've said everything we possibly can say today. I'm just gonna say goodbye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.